This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. If you're interested in learning more about our church, go to Bethlehem.church forward slash south. I'm joined here by Haddon Anderson today. Haddon, welcome. Thank you. Haddon is a church planning resident at South Campus presently, hoping to plant in Egan. That's right. Sometime in uh, the latter half of 2022. The name of the church is going to be Basileon Ecclesia. <laughs> Baptist, um, charismatic, holiness, reformed church of Egan, right? Um, something probably different than that. A little bit simpler? Okay. A little bit simpler. All right. Yep. What's what's a couple names in the top running? You got any? Um, not yet. Not nope. yet. So, uh, still working on that. I know you hadn't. You're thinking about them, though. You're just <laughs> keeping it close to your chest. One thing you don't keep close to your chest, though, is your love for the all-time best baseball team in the world. That's true. The most Minnesota world Twins. championships, most everything, especially lately, mm-hmm. the Minnesota Twins. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Why, why are the Twins? What's the what's the best baseball team and why is it the Twins? So the yeah, the Twins are the best baseball team uh, because they're Minnesota's team. Mm. Yep. And uh, Minnesota is the best. Well, so when I was seven years old is when I... When he didn't I followed... say yes. <laughs> <laughs> he did not. No, he did on past that one real quick. <laughs> I fell in love with the ba- with the game of baseball when I was seven years old, and that year the Twins won the World Series. Okay, and I was I was hooked for life. Eighty nine, eighty seven, eighty seven, eighty seven, and then they won it again in ninety one. Ninety one, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Kirby Puckett, yeah, and all the rest. My uh, grandmother was uh, my dad's side of the family is from Minnesota, and I remember my grandmother being particularly excited. Yeah, so both times, both yep. times. That's great. Is that your all time favorite Twins moment? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, both did, those World Series. Did you go to a World Series game? No, I did not get to go to a, a World Series game. Mm, mm. But I remember my parents calling for tickets, Okay, and all they got was a busy signal. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as the internet then. Yeah. Um, so if you could choose to go to any other ballpark in Major, mm-hmm. Major League Baseball and see any other team besides the Twins, where would you go? I think I would probably go to Fenway, where you're headed yeah. this summer for, yeah, yeah. for a ball game. Yeah, Fenway is... Uh, Historic, yeah, incredible, and I'm told, and I mean, look, if you look at it, like you, you've seen it, it's pretty small. Yeah, it's not, it's not a huge stadium. Mm-hmm. You just got to deal with the, the green monster over there. Yeah, the left field. Yep, yeah, a lot of great so, history there. Yeah, 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 I'm looking forward to it for sure. But we're not here to talk about baseball today, <laughs> are we, Hadden? <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, how is church planning like baseball? Uh it's a it's a wonderful gift from God. Oh, that's Both. good. That was low hanging fruit right there. I was thinking like you know saber metrics and all the preparation and everything else. But no, it's just a wonderful gift from God. Yep. So, uh, Adam, give me a little bit of background of yourself. A couple minutes, just like you're coming from. Have you planted a church previously? Were you a pastor previously? You know, you're a Minnesota boy. Have mm-hmm. you always lived in Minnesota? Sure. So I grew up in Minnesota. Um, I was at Bethlehem from 1999 to 2004, uh, so it's been neat to be back here. At you met Bethlehem. a woman at that time, uh, I'm, right? I'm, I met Carlin. You met a uh, lot of women, but you kept one of them. Yep, kept yeah, one of them. Right. Yep, yep. Carlin and I were married in 2007. We've got four kids. Uh, we spent 11 years in Iowa. Uh, I pastored an evangelical free church uh, in a small town in Iowa, and now we're um, really glad to be back at Bethlehem and uh, in this role of, of church planting resident. Yeah, I remember the first time you and I met was mm-hmm. at Starbucks, right? Yeah, in Bloomington. Yep, with uh, Kenny, Kathy, a bunch of other people involved yep. in uh, church planting, and uh, right away, yeah, uh, liked you, liked you, like Carlin. We well, we liked you. We saw your uh, your world's best donuts 
mug from Grand Marais, and we're like, mm-hmm. we're going to be friends with this guy. And did you know that as I drove away, that world's best donut mug uh, fell off the roof of my car and was crushed oh. underfoot on 275? Not oh. 275. That's, <laughs> that's a, a shame. Cincinnati Loop, 494. And so this world's best mu- donut mug that I'm holding that you podcast listeners can't see is the replacement good. for it's, that one. It's good so to have a replacement. I mainly remember that day for the crushing of the mug, secondarily for meeting <laughs> you guys, between you guys. So, yeah, um, uh, Iowa v. Minnesota, just real brief, culturally, are they basically the same thing? I think I've driven through Iowa. Uh, th- they're, they're different in significant ways. Okay. Yeah, Give I me think, one. Yeah, so in the, um, in the town where I pastored in Iowa, um, it was about 3,200 people who lived in the town. Um, it was the county seat. Everybody knew everybody in the town, and um, it, it was... A, a city in which there was there were six churches for 3,200 people. So okay. um, now as we're seeking to plant in Egan, obviously everybody does not know everybody. Uh, that's a city of about 65,000 people. And there are a lot more people who are essentially unchurched, um, who have no kind of uh, Christian background at all. So uh, just a, a different context. Yeah, um, yeah. But looking forward to what God has for us in this new yeah. in this new place. That's great. So um, why do Christians plant churches instead yeah. of uh, add services or get bigger churches or not meet in churches or, mm-hmm. you know what, why plant churches? That's a, that's a great question. And I'll give you probably about three answers to that question. Um, the first one is simply because it's biblical. After Jesus rose from the dead, he gave his disciples the Great Commission and when we look at the book of Acts, we see that the way that they fulfilled that commission was by planting churches. They would preach the gospel as people would come to Christ. Uh, they would be gathered into churches. So first of all, it's, it's biblical. Uh, secondly, I think that there's a, a need in the, in the West, in the 21st century West, to reach people who are unchurched. Um, the, the most what is quick, unchurched? So the, uh, the most quickly growing religious group in America right now is those who identify as having no religious affiliation at all. Um, so right now there are as many people in that category as there are evangelical Christians and also as, as many uh, Roman Catholics. So... Um, that's a that's a very quickly growing group, and uh, Tim Keller has written about this a lot. That for the last uh, number of decades, Christian, uh, especially evangelical churches, have grown mainly uh, through uh, people who are who have some kind of Christian background uh, coming to attend evangelical churches, and they and we have just really not done a very good job of reaching unchurched people, and. In order to reach a sec- an increasingly secular culture, we need to specifically uh, have a strategy for reaching unchurched people. And there's a lot of research that shows that planting new churches is really uh, one of the most effective ways to do that. So uh, established churches tend to get about 10 to 20% of their new growth from unchurched people, whereas um, new churches tend to get about somewhere around 60% of their New members from unchurched people who are who are coming to faith in Christ. So, I think I think that's one of the goals. Uh, and then also thirdly, rather than growing one uh, really great big church uh, in in a community where people are driving, 
you know, 25, 30 minutes to go to church. To go to church. I, I think that it's it's really helpful to plant smaller churches in commun- in local communities. So a lot of Christians will drive 25 or 30 minutes to go to church on a Sunday morning, but their unbelieving friends and neighbors are not going to do that. But they probably will come with us if we're just driving five minutes to go to church. Yeah, yeah. We're about the adjective local connected to church right. as opposed to regional. Right. Um, so pushing the gospel into places where especially the gospel is not named, mm-hmm. where there's not faithful gospel-preaching churches, mm-hmm. or potentially where there's you know uh, our little slice of evangelical Christianity, if there's not particular you know that upholds some of our theological distinctives, mm-hmm. um, we plant churches there too. Mm-hmm. What do we th- then think about other faithful gospel-preaching churches that happen to be around us, or maybe in Egan, yeah. in Egan, you know, in other places? Are they just kind of? Um, sight unseen, off the radar, and we're kind of doing our own thing, or what What should we think about as Christians, about others that aren't at our local church, but are yeah. at other faithful local churches? That, that's a great church. I, I think we really want to link arms with those other faithful gospel churches in our community. I think um, the reality is that in a city like Egan, there are 65,000 people, and if you look at the total number of people who are attending evangelical churches, uh, it's, it's quite a bit less than 65,000. And so there, there are more than enough lost people to go around uh, for us to all reach. And, and so we do want to link arms and work with those other churches uh, the best that we can. Um, so I, th- I think there's a lot of ways that, that we can do that. Um, I was encouraged just a, a few weeks ago having coffee with a local pastor uh, in the Egan area who just said, we, we want to we help you guys as much as we can. We want to link arms. And he even talked about maybe a few years down the road, maybe our church plant and his church and a few others could work together to plant a new church in, in another nearby community. Yeah, and I amen. think that's a great idea. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I remember when Jonathan Woodyard came through mm-hmm. at South on his way towards Northfield, one of the things that he did was he met with all the other pastors mm-hmm. in the area. And uh, even pastors of churches that are very much not like Bethlehem, mm-hmm. uh, just assessing and considering. When I was part of a church plant in circa 2006, 2007 in rural Wisconsin, uh, the first thing that we did as a number of us that were planting the churches was we visited uh, every other church in that town mm-hmm. um, for a Sunday morning service and then sought to hear the gospel, hear who we could partner with, hear... You know, and then meet with pastors subsequently. We are not in the business of building our brand. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not, uh, you know, the, the church growth metrics that largely took their cues from corporate America in the 1970s and on. Um, it's just not the metrics of the kingdom. Right. Um, in the same way. So you uh, kind of summarized there, you know, Great Commission, the Great Commission. Uh, I think I remember um, this from a few. Um, months ago as we were going through Matthew 16 and 18, but the Great Commission, you know, Matthew 28, I'm with you always, is wrapped up in Matthew 16 and 18, right. which is our local church texts. Mm-hmm. Right. So not just with you apostles, not just with you individual Christians, but with you local churches mm-hmm. um, in various contexts. Talk a little bit more about New Testament language and what we see in the book of Acts, what we see in the New Testament letters. Um, is the New Testament just, I mean, is this vision of local church, like, priority? Like, is that is that something that we see anywhere else in the New Testament? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think absolutely. Um, 
the book of Acts prioritizes the planting of, of churches. Um, I think you see in the letters that are written to the churches that for the most part, those are not going out to individuals. Um, there's exceptions, of course, with uh, the two letters to Timothy and to Titus, but of course they were leaders of churches and they were written to be overheard by the churches. You, yeah, yeah. you, you can see yeah. that as you read those letters. Um, and so there is this this really corporate church-wide focus in the letters of the New Testament. Um, we as individualistic Westerners tend to read a lot of scripture uh, through that individualistic lens, and yet I think it's really healthy to realize that uh, the New Testament letters were written to churches, yeah, yeah. And, and we need to look at them in that way. Yeah, yeah. certainly in Acts you see Paul um, gathering believers, seeing believers come to faith, and then mm-hmm. leaving, and then going back to encourage already existing communities, mm-hmm. including things like Acts 20, where mm-hmm. all the elders, plural elders, you know, of Ephesus are mm-hmm. coming together and gathering with him so that they can be faithfully equipped and admonished and encouraged to shepherd the flock, and then that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the New Testament, the whenever you see you, it's always y'all. In right. nine of Paul's 13 letters, it's always a plural mm-hmm. second person to all of you, not just to you as individuals. I think that's a way that we often misread, misread things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Peter Adam, uh, in his book, Hearing God's Words, uh, A Biblical Theology of Spirituality, says that the spirituality of the New Testament is primarily corporate, which I think is different than the way that we tend to think about it these days. But but I think that Peter Adam is right in making that assertion. Uh, when you look at a text like Ephesians 4, for example, and it talks about the, the, the body being built up into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, um, it's not talking about individual Christians being built up Although, of course, there are plenty of other passages in the, tes- in the New Testament that talk about new, uh, individual believers becoming more like Christ. But in Ephesians 4, Paul is talking specifically about the church as a whole, as a body, being built up into Christ-likeness. Yeah, oh, that's great. That's great. So talk a little bit more about the nuts and bolts here, some had. I mean, you can stray into, if you want to, mm-hmm. kind of some of your thoughts about your particular you know, direction, church planning. Is there better practices and good practices and average practices and bad practices about <laughs> about church planting from what you've read and what you've seen? Yeah, um, yeah. What would you What would you say about that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think um, there there are really kind of two different ways in general that church planting is done. Um, one is more kind of like a like a pioneer kind of a. Uh, viewpoint where a person will go into a community, um, and, and this especially happens on the mission field among unengaged, unreached peoples, where they'll go into a community where there are no existing Christians, and maybe they're working at, you know, as a tent maker, and, and through their witness, they're just you know seeking to start from the ground up with no, with, with nobody uh, besides themselves. Uh, trying to to win people to Christ and to build the church that way, which which is a wonderful thing. Um, you could almost think of that as like the parachute kind of way, where, where someone just parachutes into the mission field and starts to share the gospel. The other way that that church planting is done is uh, where there where there are churches, local churches that have uh, a, a number of people who would be willing to go with and help start the church, um, and even bring some of the DNA of that church into the church plant, 
that um, together they can work really as a team to to um, to build the church so that they're not completely starting from scratch. They're starting with a with a smaller core of people and then working together to reach the community with the gospel. So that that's really the way that that we're doing this. Um, I think that in um, Compelling Community by Mark Dever and Jamie Dunlop, they talk about uh, that being kind of the yogurt uh, approach to church planting. And so you take some of the culture that already exists oh, in the mother church. that's right. And then All right. You, with that culture, you start a, a, a new church. So okay. I, I, I think okay. both of those are... Uh, helpful and biblical. Um, you, you know, you, you look at Paul, he worked with a team for yeah. the most part. Yep. It wasn't just Paul yep. all by himself. He was working with a team. So I think oh, yeah. both of those are, are helpful ways yeah. to His encouragement church. to Timothy mm-hmm. is appointing elders and mm-hmm. appointing deacons in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. So not Timothy, you're the one-man show, right? you know, or maybe you and a select, you know, group of people from your crew, mm-hmm. but find faithful people. Yeah. Um, even second, you know, faithful men will be able to teach to others also. Right. Um, I, that's the normal of mutuality and plurality in the New Testament church. Talk more about your, you know your ideas for church plant. You know, what are you? What is your hoped for a launch date? Um, if somebody's interested in hearing more, or maybe I mean, mm-hmm. Haddon, you don't strike me like you know, sell, sell, sell. But <laughs> you know, man, sell me on this church sure. plant. Convince me. Mm-hmm. That I want to be a part of your church plant and right. leave this church. No, I'm not going to leave this church. <laughs> yeah. Like, but what what would you uh, like? Like, any more particular things about what you guys are hoping to do with your church plant? Um, mm-hmm. You know, more details about when that might be, or what people might do to connect with you or others. Yeah. So we we're, we're hoping to reach uh, the city of Egan, um, especially the north half of Egan. Um, that's kind of what we're focusing on. Um, even into maybe Mendota Heights, Invergrove Heights, that that kind of area, and uh, that's a, that's a really interesting place in the Twin Cities. Um, there's there's some good diversity there, uh, ethnically and and socioeconomically, and we're we're hoping to um, incorporate that into the into the church and um, really to reach out into an area of the cities that obviously needs the gospel. All of the Twin Cities need the gospel, um, and so. Uh, just it, it, through prayer and through talking with others, we've landed on that place as the as the place that we want to uh, plant this church. Um, so far, we've we've started meeting every other Sunday night with people who are interested in being part of this church plant. Um, we hope to keep doing that through the rest of the spring and through the summer, in hopes that um, sometime in the fall, uh, Lord willing, early fall, that we could start meeting on Sundays uh, for weekly worship. And uh, if people would like to hear more, I would love to get in touch with people. So they can uh, email me, haddon.anderson at bethlehem.church is my email address. Uh, Great, man. Well, anything else you had to hear about church planning? Anything else you'd add about the twin? No, don't don't talk about it. We're done with the twins. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm really thankful that Bethlehem really wants to plant churches, you know, Coming into to Bethlehem in this this past year, it's been really a joy to see that Bethlehem really has a heart and has a commitment for multiplying churches throughout the Twin Cities and really throughout the country and throughout the world. But specifically, in, as we're you know looking at this, it seems that Bethlehem 
Bethlehem's goal is not to, to become just a, a giant church that just grows and grows and grows, but there is a desire here to fill the, the Twin Cities with churches that are faithful to the gospel. Um, and I, I just appreciate that heart and, and love that vision. So happy to be a part of that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Haddon, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure.